What's up, everybody? Jay Miller here. This is something. I don't know what it is. I would say, I guess it's the pit show still because it's on that feed, but we're going to be doing stuff. We're going to be talking. Um, I'm going to release the second half of the Jasmine Greenaway interview. And then, uh, yeah, the bonus stuff should be on the bonus feed. I know I said I was going to put it on the main feed, but plans changed as they're off to do around these parts. But I wanted to talk a little bit more as I am kind of doing my own personal post-mortem on this thing that is productivity in tech and I guess wrapping the cocoon on whatever it's going to be soon so that it can become a butterfly. I don't know why I had to continue that analogy, probably because it's 10 o'clock here and I'm tired, but we're not going to talk about that. I've got notes. I'm going to follow my notes just so I don't mess up too badly. So... I'm going to start this off with a riddle, and it's a very common riddle, and it is, when you feed me, I get stronger, and you have to feed me more. What am I? It's like, I'm the only thing that, as you feed, I only get hungrier. What am I? I don't remember the full analogy. But if you said fire then you would be correct because that is the answer. It is fire. It's the only thing that as you feed it, it gets larger and has to requ- it requires more fuel to keep going. Um, it never gets hungry. It never gets uh, satiated, I guess. But that is in many ways how my brain tends to want to function. Now, I'm not going to tell you that, you know, this is some superpower of ADHD folks, but it might be. I've I've been told before that I have this keen ability to come up with ideas. And in fact, I can usually tell when I'm at my worst in my manic ADHD, like about to crash moments when I am doing way more than my body will let me. And that is kind of where I'm at now um, with the new job going so well, uh, with me trying to keep my self sabotaging behaviors in check, with me wanting to make sure that. I am continuing to maintain a sense of self-identity and personal brand um, because I feel like that in many ways is going to be vital to a long-term career in advocacy. I have discovered myself wanting to do more than ever before. Because of that, I have decided to do less, as little as possible. It's one of those things. It's one of those things that you just have to know about yourself. So why am I telling you this? I wanted to preface that before I start talking about some of the things that I want to do uh, after this interview, but also to 
kind of lead you into how I work. Many who know me from the developer side know that everything that I do, I do with the intention of helping others. Uh, the things that I create, the content that I create, the, the products that I make, the frameworks that I, you know, publish or whatever. They're all designed to solve problems that I have, but they're all implemented in a way that other people can take them and run with it. Uh, similar to, and for some reason in my mind, I, I was going to title this episode, Steal This Idea, um, similar to the system of a down album, Steal This Album. I, in some ways, encourage people to take the ideas that I've had because they're probably half-brained ideas and they haven't been really thought out all that well and to run with them and to do more with them than I would ever be able to accomplish given my inability to stay focused on one thing for more than five seconds. I think this is why it's important that I talk quickly about the ideas that I've had that I implement as fast as possible to get the idea out of my brain and onto a medium in which someone can come around and, and steal from me. I'm inviting you to take these ideas. Don't come to my house and take my stuff. That would be terrible. And I would be very upset. Please don't do that. But as far as my ideas go, as far as the things in my GitHub repo, there is nothing there that if you took it and said, I did this thing, but better, that I would be sad about. In fact, many of those things I would be happy because I would know that there's someone there that's available that is willing to give the idea the space the energy and the effort required to make it a success. One of the things they talk about in music production, something that I'm, I'm very fond of, but terrible at is the idea of leaving space. In fact, even in public speaking, the idea of intended pauses and silences the idea that sometimes repeating a thing can help give it emphasis. And I'll repeat that. The idea of repeating a thing can give it emphasis. Allowing your listeners to catch up, to think about what you have said before you bombard them with something else. There's power in that. And just like how I would want to pause, reflect, and give my word space, I want to do that with my projects as well, so that I can give my ideas the space required to really grow. In fact, it's often inspiration from one area as I am struggling with it that gives me the inspiration to start something new. Not to say that I jumped to it at the first sight of trouble, 
But there are often times where I'm working on a project and I just think to myself, it would be great if, and then I know that the next week, month, or however long is going to be consumed with solving that one problem in so much that I forget what the original problem I was trying to solve even is. So why am I inviting you to steal my ideas? Because I don't believe they're mine. I believe they belong to us all. And I believe that, and this is going to sound very, very, uh, um, not selfish, but very <laughs> humble bragging. But I understand the idea that the things that I create are not for me, therefore everyone and like civilization expands as the ability to share information expands i feel like my ability to make an impact in this world expands as i have more people taking my ideas and sharing them for me reaching their networks greater than what i could ever do And to put it quite bluntly, I don't have enough time for all of my projects. So by all means, I'm not going to get to it. You might as well take it over. Speaking of which, we're going to talk about some of the projects that I have coming up after we conclude the conversation that I had with the one. Here it is, part two with Jasmine Greenaway. Uh, one more big topic, and then after that, who, who knows where it's going to go. But um, I want to know more about Brooklyn JS because it seems like an absolute blast to be a part of. It seems to be like it is a very, in my opinion, a very New York feeling thing. Just even the website, like it looks like a, a subway line, you know. I want to know who came up with the phrase borough game, uh, borough gramming, because that is, that is a very like unique New York kind of thing. But also, I love the fact that in spite of all that fun, you're still throwing out like informational, you know, content there. You're saying, Hey, you know, if you're going to be a part of this, you need to check out the code of conduct. Like here are going to be the times when our speakers are, are jumping in. So like, you can come hang out before, you can come hang out after. I mean, it looks like it runs from my goodness, seven in the like seven at in the evening to like midnight, so or after <laughs> midnight. So tell me about Brooklyn JS and I guess some of the some of the stuff that you've enjoyed just being a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Brooklyn JS is, you know, just this uh lightning talk format meetup where, you know, uh a speaker will come on for 10 minutes, um, talk about, you know, what they're, whatever they're excited about. And, um, and yeah, we'll have like a musical guests that'll play in between each, um, each, each speaker. Um, and what, what I really love about this community is just like, there's Brooklyn JS, but it's like part of this larger organization called Borough JS. So there's Queens JS, there's Manhattan JS, there's Jersey script. Um, so like, 
it's just, you know, and like all those organizers from all those other meetups come and hang out. It's just, you know, it's, it's just like at this point, like we're, we're all friends. It's just like hanging out with friends. You know, everyone is um, super friendly and welcome. One thing that we do every, um, when we kick off uh, Brooklyn JS is that we ask everybody um, who's new to raise their hands and we say, Hey, if um, uh, all, all of you um, folks who have been here before, please make sure that they feel welcome. Um, and um, that was the, that's what happened to me when I, when, on my first Brooklyn JS. Um, so Brooklyn JS, I believe um, was started in 2013 or 14 by um, these two uh, folks um, named Jed and Brian. Brian is still, so Jed um, moved upstate, um, but Brian is still part of um, the team of organizers. And along with myself, um, myself and uh jenna and um justin so um him and uh brian and jed really are like the pun masters and that's actually the real like the biggest thing about the new york like at least javascript community is that there are some lots of people who are amazing at puns so jed and brian pun masters like i'm and like honestly a lot more people i'm not I'm not very good at it, but I, I love it. Um, so they actually came up with the, um, the programming, uh, the programming name, and that's our daily co-working or sorry, our co-working event that precedes Brooklyn.js. So in the day, um, so it's all, and all this happens in the same area. So, um, there is this very generous bar, um, called 61 local in the Cobble Hill area of Brooklyn. Um, we've been there since, um, the first Brooklyn JS, or they've been there since the first Brooklyn JS. Um, but um, but um, even the uh, owner of uh, 61 Local actually came and did a talk. Um, he like made a, like a popsicle maker with like uh, I think it was Visual Basic, which was like super cool. That I, I never got to see it, but I thought it was super cool. Um, but um, yeah, so from from morning to the evening, you know, um, we're all hanging out, and you know, it's not like one of those things where you, you're required to come to um, programming. You know, it's just like you know, come in, come out. We get ice cream, we hang out, we talk, we talk about what we're what we're working on. Um, and it's just a really just amazing organic way to like make friends before the event. Um, so um, that was that was my experience. I came in, I um, did programming, you know. Did, did some work. And then when the organizers, Jed, uh, uh, he, um, he, he came up and introduced himself because I sat at the very front and I still have the picture today, but um, there was, um, it was around the time where kind of like front end, um, front end libraries are kind of like, kind of, I kind of, to me, it felt like competing a little bit because I came to Brooklyn JS because I had honestly, my only experience with JavaScript was through ASP.net and like MBC when um, they uh, introduced jQuery. So like as my, my, like my knowledge at that point was like make pretty much jQuery. And I like turned my head, I swear, I turned my head and I turned around and like there was node and all these other things. And then just like, what? So I was like, I need to go to a meetup and like figure out like what this JavaScript stuff is all about. Because, you know, when I first started um, in, in my career, at least the team that I was in, they were kind of like not very um, comfortable with using JavaScript. So um, anyway, so I, you know, came to this meetup, sat in the front, the speaker was doing, one of the speakers was doing a talk at Meteor.js and she had this like huge glowing cube and she's like, can you, can you just 
you're like closest to the, the outlet. I'm so sorry to ask you this, but can you just hold it for me? And I was like, yes, absolutely. So there's like this picture of me just like, like she's like speaking and like, it's like a picture of me just going, whoa, like just like in like complete awe with this like red block in my hand. But Jed, you know, he said hello and he accidentally, he accidentally drank my beer. Um, he, didn't, he didn't realize it. He thought it was his, but it was actually mine. But, you know, like from there, like, you know, we I just like hit it off with like, you know, some of the uh, folks there. And, um, you know, after some conversation, you know, and going for a year, um, you know, the opportunity opened up and I came and came in uh, and uh, took a decided to become an organizer. And it's just been a very illuminating and enriching experience. It's just, you know, I go every, you know, um, I when I when I go every month. Um, I would feel like just like, just rejuvenated, just seeing my friends and just feel so energized and, you know, um, uh, yeah. So, so, um, and I think one of the, my, the favorite things about, there's so many things I love about BrokenJS, but I think one of the coolest things that we do is we make sure that we get back to community. So anything that does not go to like, um, any fees, like paying, you know, for the space and all that stuff we give that back to the community to um, this organization called Code Cooperative. Um, and, um, and uh, yeah, we uh, donate that. And that's an organization that, um, that uh, goes, uh, that goes to high schools and teaches students uh, web development, like basics of web development. And, um, and it's really amazing because we actually saw the, you know, the, the impact of that. We actually had one of, you know, those graduates, one of those folks who actually, you know, was, you know, influenced or, you know, by, by somebody, you know, coming to teach them about development, um, come and do a talk, which was just amazing. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I just really love the, really enjoy the community. So, um, if you or anybody is you know interested in coming to Brooklyn JS, definitely highly recommend, uh, recommend to go. So, I know we have a, a couple of people in the, the New York area, so I, I would really, really hope that they take the opportunity to go because it looks like, uh, it looks like a ton of fun. And I didn't, I didn't even realize, like you said, like, like y'all meet all day for like programming, like starts at like 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it is literally all day. Like that mm-hmm. is, that is awesome. So I have really enjoyed all of this, but I have to ask in, in all of the things that, that you've done and all of the stuff that you've, you've helped out with, what has been the most memorable moment for you? Cause I mean, I've seen, I've seen talks from like the Caribbean. I've seen, you know, like you said, GitHub and Microsoft and you're teaching, you know, you're teaching people and, and organizing events. Like it sounds like you've been having a blast in the industry. And I know that there are so many people out there that just take it like everything is super serious and, you know, like it, it just seems like you're having too much fun to be to be programming. I don't know. Like I, I, I gotta know. Like what what has been the most like memorable moment for you? Um. So this was um. It's it was memorable because it's also a childhood dream of mine. So I know we've been talking about you know video games. Like I love video games. Um. And I remember playing Mario Kart and like 
finishing my first like Grand Prix um, and um, seeing the um, seeing the credits. And I'd be like, that'd be so cool if I could get my name. And I was like, you know, a kid, like, it's like, I'd be so cool if I got my name and credits to see Jasmine Greenaway in the credits. And that dream came true when I worked at Rockstar Games. Um, uh, I my name is on the credits for um, Red Dead Redemption Two and um, and GTA Five, like the next gen GTA Five. So um, I yeah, that was just amazing. And like like and that that job was the reason why I came to New York. And you know that really just like set in motion all these like just amazing opportunities that came to me like I you know I always say that um moving to New York was probably one of my best one of the best decisions of my life and like seeing this like seeing you know stuff like that happen it's just like just confirms it see I'm, I'm gonna leave it on that good note because I got so many questions about the gaming industry and <laughs> like they talk about crunch and all this other stuff but like it sounds like you have lived a career of just hitting milestone after milestone and you're helping so many people get there, whether it's through the, just the daily cloud advocacy work that you're doing, whether it's teaching students to, you know, get their, their early start in the career or whether it's just sharing a beer with someone, even if it wasn't on purpose, you know, to, to just be a part of that community. I love that. And I know that the people in the audience loved it. So if they want to get in touch with you to find out what you're doing next, or if maybe if they just want to chat, how can they do that? Um, I would say, yeah, find me on Twitter um, under uh, the username Paladique, P-A-L-A-D-I-Q-U-E. Um, that's also my handle on GitHub. So you can see whatever I'm doing, follow me there, you know, fork my stuff, you know, put some issues on it. If, you know, if you got, if you have an issue, with my code, you know, we can we work through it, talk it out. Um, so, so yeah, I'm super so friendly. Like, you're like, we can scrap. Like, <laughs> you got a problem with my code? We're going to fight. <laughs> we, can, we can have a code review. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love it. All right, you've been listening to my conversation with Jasmine Greenaway. By the way, just a reminder, Jasmine Greenaway is a senior cloud advocate over at Microsoft. You can often catch her on Twitch doing stuff. And she is the co-organizer of Brooklyn JS, where Brooklyn at. So if you're in that area, be sure to, to go show some love. But we were talking about some of the things that I was thinking about, and just like I was encouraging you to steal my ideas, I actually have been thinking of stealing a few ideas of my own. The first one, a book, I'm not going to go into too many details. It's going to be a quote-unquote NaNoWriMo project, except for I've never been one to follow the rules, so this isn't going to be a... Uh, novel. This is going to be a quote-unquote self-help book, but it will be the self-help book that I wish I would have had uh, in my journey to developer advocacy. And it is truly inspired by a book that was just released on getting into developer relations. And it's not meant in any way to compete, but to reach another audience. You see, I think that's one of the other benefits of stealing an idea from someone is that 
oftentimes the way that you will explain something might resonate better than what the original poster would have been able to convey. And I'm, again, not wanting to compete, not wanting to provide a word-for-word digestion of his thoughts, of the author's thoughts and comments, but I am wanting to use them as a launch point into the idea that I will expound on in my own writing. But I don't want to get into too many details because right now the idea is fresh and written down and I don't want things to change very much. The other thing that I want to talk about is the idea of this newsletter thing. In the last episode, I was adamant about the idea that you need to listen to the, you need to subscribe to the newsletter. And I'm still on that. I'm still on that. In fact, I will probably be working on a newsletter tomorrow, uh, just so that I can start getting content out and getting into the habit of getting content out. But creating a newsletter in the vein of, a couple of people that I look up to very much, one being Paul Jarvis, the creator, um, well, co-creator of Fathom Analytics. Um, he's also a designer and he wrote the book Company of One. I have been subscribed to his newsletter for several years. And although I don't necessarily read every word that is <laughs> mentioned in the newsletter, I do love the style and the open transparency that he has with his newsletter. The other being the one madman, Brett Terpstra, as, as I've mentioned, you know, someone that I look up to very much, uh, someone that I have almost modeled my career after, which I know if he heard that, he would freak out because he's humble like that, I guess. But uh, the idea of web excursions, something that he does on his main page very often, uh, just talking about interesting things that he's found on the internet those days. Again, as much as I tell people I don't like the idea of focusing on productivity and making it this fascination or things, I'm still intrigued by the idea that I can create a thing that helps, you know, make my life that much more efficient or that much more ready to retrieve something. And I will be unproductive in the, in the way of making that a reality. In fact, I can share with you one of the things that I built was a widget pack app, which just tells me what the air quality index is and what the feels like temperature is at the moment. And why would I do that? You might ask. Well, the feels like temperature is the only temperature that matters. And because I live in a state that is in a perpetual state of on fire. So it's more important that I know whether or not I can breathe than whether or not it's going to rain, which for some reason, a lot of apps decide they want to show you that information instead. And I'll, I'll, of course, I'll link that in the show notes. I also want to be doing a lot of collaborative stuff. I want to be talking with people uh, who are doing awesome things. 
And that won't be in the newsletter. That'll be in something else, whatever that something is. But I like the idea of saying, I want to give people access to the conversations that I'm having with the people that I admire, inspire, and am inspired by on a regular basis. And that's something that I still want to do. And I also, I mentioned wanting to do short form podcasts. Uh, if you follow my GitHub or my Twitter profile, you will find that I have started working on planning the first of those, which again, not necessarily something that I haven't been thinking about for a while. Also, not something that hasn't been done before, per se, but the ability for me to unapologetically say, for this project to work, this is what I need. To give my list of demands to negotiate uh, this idea being released out into the world. And that is a first for me. It is definitely a first that I've been able to say, I have an idea that I think is great, that I think is worth it. And I think if people are willing to spend money on so many things that are not important, maybe we can just gather a few dollars for this thing that could truly make an impact in someone's life and give them the ability to jumpstart their career or take it to the next level through a little bit of patronage on my behalf. So yeah, I'm super excited about that. I'm pumped. Uh, I'm, I'm getting all jittery because my coffee is kicking in. I shouldn't have drank coffee at 10 o'clock. Who drinks coffee at 10 o'clock at night? Uh, crazy people like me, that's who. So I've rambled, I've talked, I've shared projects, I've shared ideas. I talked about me wanting to write a book and using NaNoWriMo as an excuse to do that. I've talked about wanting to update the newsletter and share some of the things that I've found. I want to share with you an app that I accidentally paid for, and I'm not 100% sold on it, but I have some ideas. And that app is called Toast. And funny enough, actually, one of my favorite songs uh, that I discovered this year, either this year or last year, it might have actually been older than that. Actually, I think it was older than that. Um, there's a song called Toast by Coffee. It's a reggae song. Uh, but Toast is one of these apps that does a thing and does it well. Uh, it's just a session manager. So you click a button, it basically gets the name and link of every tab that you have open and then saves it as an object that you can go back into later and manicure into a list that is going to be somewhat helpful. Um, for instance, right now in part of a project that I'm working on called Open Cities, which is a study of why cities are making their data freely available, which y'all should really check out some of that stuff. Um, I found some really cool resources, some resources that I want to share that's just like, oh, hey, here are some orgs that help explain why data is important. It also showed me why it's important that we continue to work on projects like these because half of the resources that I found, the blogs are now dead. <laughs> the companies that created them are shut down because of funding. So it is important 
for me to find and copy and come up with my own ideas and put my spin on it and encourage others to do the same because one day I won't be writing about it, which in most cases is usually sooner than people expect. But yeah, that was the app. It's called Toast. I'll leave a link in the app store. It won't be an affiliate link because I don't know how that thing works now. And I don't think people make money off of those from Apple anyway. Um, It is a web app with some like stuff. I don't, I think it, and there is like a basic version and then there's a free, there's a pro version that's like, $25 $25 a year or something like that. Again, I, I paid for it without realizing that I was, oh no, it was $36 because yeah, the charge went through and I was like, wait, what is this? And then realized the error of my ways. Uh, yeah, so there's a bunch of stuff. They do like VPN based stuff and then iCloud stuff. And I think actually right now, if you get it for the year now, it's actually half off than what it's going to be in the future. So Definitely take a look at that. Must be for Apple only because they have like sign in with Apple and all that stuff. Yep. Sorry, Android users. My bad. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about quickly is the idea of how I make this content easy to cop. And I do that by basically managing the project as much as possible in GitHub. And the reason I like that is because someone can immediately come in and fork the project and see all of the issues and all of the project notes and and milestones and things like that that I have already planned, not just the raw content. They can take everything and they can run with it. And I am giving them permission by throwing a license on it and saying, Hey, it's yours. Do whatever you want with it. I don't care. Just don't blame me when it messes up. So I will probably go into more detail about that later. Uh, things that I am putting in Git or GitHub as kind of a project planning tool. I am using my notebooks. It's just this is a thing that allows me to... I don't want to say visualize the problem, but it allows me to contextualize all of the individual little pieces and treat them as separate entities so that I can focus on what I'm doing that day in my planner. So a good example of that is I know at some point I want to get audio and video kits for uh, this project, but I don't know which microphones I want. I don't know if I want to get green screens, if I want to look at like cameras, or if I want to just kind of buy like a $20 app for everyone that just says like, Hey, you know, download this app and then use it, use your phone as your camera, like all of these different ideas. And I can just put them all in, in an issue and just like leave it there so that down the road, if I'm working on it or if someone else is working on it, they can see the recommendations that I've already made and kind of run with them instead of, and then in my notebook, it might just say like buy kits for people. And later on, I might expound on that. But for the moment, buy kits for people is kind of all I want to think about at the moment so I can move on to the next thing. So being able to get it out of your head by getting it on paper, but then later on contextualizing it and adding data as necessary or as needed, and then even using the idea of issues and notes and things and combining that with tools like Hook 
which is something that I will talk about much later, is a really cool concept. But I have been rambling. This has been a very long tangent. Um, I really like the idea of the name Tangents. Um has a few meanings to it. Let me know what you think about that. I'm, I'm workshopping the idea. Uh, yeah, so that's been a long tangent of me just talking about, hey, I've got ideas. I don't have enough time, energy, or brain power to do them all. If you want to take some off my hand, just go to my GitHub repo, github.com slash Miller. If you want to help fund some of these crazy ideas, you can also do that. There will be a link in the show notes on how you can sponsor my GitHub repo. And The reason I like that is GitHub doesn't take any off the top, unlike some of these other communities. So we'll figure out how, what, how and what and where and why and who and and all of those things later. But that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much, Jasmine Greenaway. Again, the second half of her interview was played. And if you want to catch the entire conversation that I have with her, including the after show, which I don't know if I posted the after show or not. Hmm. That's a good question. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but if you want to catch the old after show and everything else, then just keep subscribing, I guess. Yeah, we'll just post the after show on the main feed. Why not? Um, yeah, that's going to do it for this week. I've been your host, Jay Miller. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to y'all very soon. Peace. Um, this sounds like a challenge, but what do you remember? Like just another challenge that you've just come across in your career, like something where you're like, oh man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. And then you look back and you're like, that was easy. (laughs) Or not. Uh, I had like, I had like a bunch of them in my head. And then you said, but then you were like, that was easy. And I was like, no, (laughs) (laughs) throw all those out. Um, I think getting into podcasting. I mean, I know it's not like a, I know it's not a coding like thing. Well, for me, it was, which is why it was so challenging. But I think the thing about podcasting that makes it so hard is that everyone wants everyone wants to have like that NPR WNYC like style show. <laughs> and it's just not going to happen. Like the amount of energy that goes into those shows it's it's more than one person like this american life is not just ira glass talking up close to a microphone way too close to a microphone if i might add like (laughs) it's uncomfortable at times ira you need to fix that but like he's reaching out to to other people for interviews he's he has researchers who are actually doing a lot of the work. I wish I had her. Well, actually, no, I don't wish I had a researcher because I have fun doing the research. Like I have fun looking up like, like again, I call it Project Roomba because it just sounded awesome. And, and it was like talking about PowerShell, which is literally how I started programming because I wasn't able to use any other language. And it was like, well, I can use PowerShell and can't anybody stop me because it's in my, it's on my machine. So, you know, <laughs> it was, it's so interesting in what we feel like we have to do to, to keep up with Joneses when what we realize is like, it's just one person here and like 20 people that make up the Joneses. So why don't you just do you? And then like the second I figured that out, that was when the podcast started growing. That's when the audience started growing. That's when people started reaching out saying like, Hey, why don't you come on the show and, you know, talk about something or, you know, all, 
all of the stuff that I was trying to force, the second I stopped trying so hard was when it started happening. And I was like, all right, well, dang, I guess that was easy, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's amazing. I love that. Um, I don't know if I have any more questions. Um, You you know, you did mention... um, Oh, yes. Okay. So I think this last question I have is, um, it sounds like you're a Windows user. Is, no. is that correct? <laughs> no, no. Okay. I was, uh-huh. I, I was for work. Uh, that was a while ago. Now I'm, I'm on the Mac ecosystem. Not, I don't have any, I'm not like ride or die anything. I yell about my Mac as much as I yelled about my PC. Like, <laughs> Honestly, the Mac connects with my phone, which connects with the iPad, which, you know, connects with the HomePod and the Apple TV. So it's like once once you get one thing, they they just find a way to dig their claws into you. And then from that point, you're like, well, I'm stuck. So, you know, it's not it's not even a question of like, which one do I like better? It's more of like I couldn't really get out of this if I wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) I got that. Yeah, I'm I've been an iPhone user, user since the 3G, so I totally understand. <laughs> I actually had one of the first iPhones that supported emojis. And the only reason <laughs> I remember that because I was stationed in Japan at the time and I had a SoftBank phone. And I remember they were like, because emo- emojis are originally a Japanese thing. So emoji support came out to Japan before it came to the US and everywhere else. So it was like, I remember like, like what's this emoji thing? Like, this is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> And now, now I'm just like, oh, just all, I was literally looking at like shortcuts for emojis and stuff earlier today. So <laughs> it feels like another language at this point. I mean, I, I think in a way it really is like it's it's similar to how um, I forgot what they call it now because I know they used to call it Ebonics and now they don't call it Ebonics anymore. I think it's like African-American English or something like that. Like language itself is regionalized so much like a lot of and that's one of the the fun things i love about talking to people from like all over the world is like you get to hear some of like when you when they get comfortable you start to hear like a bunch of the little like intricacies of of like where they're from like i think i interviewed someone was wayne i think wayne was last week yeah and he's from the bronx and he was like yeah you know i was I was working on mines and I was like, wow, I haven't heard mines in like forever. Like he put a, he put an S on it. Like, okay. <laughs> like we're having that kind of conversation. Got it. All right. We're, we're, we're doing good. That's when, that's when you know, you've got a really good conversation going is when they start like when, when all of the, like, I'm going to sound super professional, like just goes out the window and they just start getting real comfortable. Like that's when, you know, you've got like a really good conversation on your hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Even with emojis, I think it's the same way. Like people people are gonna find ways to make it their own and then eventually it'll take on its own meaning and you know that's that's how languages evolve. Yeah. Okay, so my last question is what is your favorite emoji? Um probably the exploding head emoji, because that's that's pretty much me at least once or twice a day, like working on something and it's just like, got it. Like, Oh, that like earlier today, like literally built working on this, this react thing. And it's like, 
when I when I was able to make a prop work like properly, and it was like, wait a minute. Oh, it just clicked like prop. I understand props now, which I don't, but you know, I think I do. And for a second, I had like that exploding head moment. And I think that was, that was just one of those things of like, Oh, that's how that works. Nice. And then you just keep going. And like in my mind, it's literally just like, I think there's like a, there's a gif of that too. Where it's like, like I forgot who it is that does that, but it's kind of funny. So yeah, that's that's probably my favorite emoji. I don't think I've ever been asked that question. That's a good question. I might, <laughs> I might have to steal that one from someone. I have one more question for you, only because I'm I'm torn. Which one is better, Persona Five or Persona Four? Oh gosh, that's that's a hard question. I love every like I love I've loved like the like everything that comes from Atlas like since like. Um, like Super Nintendo, actually, <laughs> um, when they used to just do platformers, but they did this really cool co-op platformer called Run Saber that I really love. But anyway, um, I think five, five. The story is more exciting. The story is a lot more exciting in five. But I love four. I really, I loved four. Like I had, I had four golden for the longest, and then. Like, I mean, I, I think I even started on, like, the anime when it came mm. out. And I was like, that I good. like this. And when I got five, I was super excited for it. But I couldn't. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's because I had a kid. So, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I didn't have a lot of time to actually, like, devote to it. But I'm trying to remember. There was I'm, I'm on the Atlas website. There was another Atlas game that I played before Persona. Uh, Shin Megami? No, it wasn't Shin Megami. Um, that's what I'm trying to remember because I know it's like one of their like not super popular games. Um, what what platform was it on? Do you remember? No. <laughs> um, I wonder if it was um was it one of those like uh, tactical type games? It was Etrian Odyssey. Oh, okay. I haven't played that one. I was gonna say Devil Survivor, which is like strat, like one of those like strategy games. It was like on 3DS. I was trying Um, to remember who made the Blaze Blue series because I thought that that was Atlas, but it's not. And that threw me off. Oh, it was Ark. That's what it was. Because I remember Ark having that. They had that kind of same vibe in some of their games, except for it's a little bit more on the animated side. Mm, yeah, um, I mean, I would recommend that you give five a chance. Like, it, like the twists and turns of four. If you like that, you'll like five, especially that that one at the end. Uh, so, okay, so that kind of give that kind of gives me a little bit of a pause there because the plot twist at the end of four is very similar to the plot, plot twist at the end of five. Like, just like that. There's just like a, like a huge plot twist. And I feel like, and like, I honestly feel like that same thing happened in persona three as well. <laughs> that's how they roll. Yeah, that's how they roll. But I really, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed the series. So um, I'm not a big JRPG fan. So <laughs> I play them off. Cool. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, Oh man, there's something about like the the persona like line was just so amazing and oh see this is why this is why I miss like having time to like 
play video games and watch anime and stuff and you know it happens but hopefully i'll be able to i'll be able to carve out some time in the future well i mean you have the next generation of an anime anime fan and gamer there so (laughs) i'm i'm just waiting for her to be old enough to like watch agritsuko again because hands down like one of my favorite animes and i'm like it's netflix it it makes no sense it's netflix sanrio (laughs) which is like so it's not supposed to be good but it was so amazing and then like some of the new stuff is just some of the stuff that i I missed and i was like sleeping on for a long time like assassination classroom was just amazing and um uh, what what did i watch oh the devil is a part-timer like just just like i don't know i i love like stupid stuff honestly like i I need something that's not going to be too serious because i'm banging my head against the wall i need to laugh at stuff for a little bit polar bear cafe um my name haven't you heard i'm sakamoto haven't you heard i'm sakamoto will have you cracking up um and um bookseller honda son another one um uh polar bear cafe is a little bit more just like wholesome but there's like funny parts in it um so yeah those are my three recommendations <laughs> okay see this this is why i do this because this, <laughs> this is the stuff that never comes up on a podcast you know <laughs> awesome all right well if, if you got any more questions for me um no i think i think we're good cool. <laughs> i'm good all right, all right. Sweet. i'm just checking i might I'm get some more get some more knowledge <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> well you know where to find me if you need any more anime recs so <laughs> oh, i mean absolutely I- most of my knowledge is like '90s anime, but you know I've been trying to get onto the newer stuff. So, <laughs> I mean, I still think. All right, top five. You gotta, you gotta at least give me top five. Top five. Um, number one, definitely um, this uh, one called a Re- revolutionary girl Utena. Um, second is Pilot Candidate. Love a space anime. So number three is definitely like <laughs> anything Gundam. Um, also really enjoyed, um, uh, um, this one called, um, Ceres. Um, and my last one, I don't have my list here. Um, geez, there's so many good ones. Uh, Gankutsuo, it's like based off the Count of Monte Cristo. Really cool art. Dang. See, I've heard of none of those. Actually, no, I think I've heard of Ceres. And that was it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely... Definitely gonna have to to reach out and get some recs from you because I'm I'm still waiting for Fully Cooly too. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, oh, but there's a good thing. There's so many to, so many things to watch. You know, while we wait. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they said something. I mean, there was news, but haven't heard anything. So yeah. Oh, uh, all right, I'm a, yeah. I'm a, I'll kill the recordings there. Hold on, let's see that one.